Now Sports. What's up and welcome to the Rochelle Sports NFL Draft Podcast. Uh, that's still our intro song for now, but we got some big things in the work to kind of revamp our podcast, give it a better feel. Uh, I'm not really sure how this is going to go. Uh, we're going to sit here and talk about the NFL Draft, a couple other things for a few hours. Uh, I'm here as always with Need Considine and Doggy Style Sports NFL expert Albert Mathias. Thanks for coming. We're back. We're back. We're back. After a long hiatus, we're ready to revamp our podcast game to make us potentially the biggest podcast company in the world, or at least out of the great city of Middletown, Maryland. Um, Number one. So uh, we're mostly going to focus on NFL draft, and we're going to try and talk about a lot of things to make it easier on people who don't really know uh, NFL draft, don't really know the prospects or anything. We want people to be able to listen to this and – just kind of understand what their team's going to do or who the player is that the team picks. Uh, so before we get into the NFL draft, we had some breaking NFL news yesterday. Uh, Tom Brady resuspended by an appeals court uh, for a game now. So Roger Goodell won his appeal, and Tom Brady's likely to do appeal the appeal. Uh, what kind of impact does this four-game suspension make on the Patriots for the season, not for the draft? Albert. Um, well, I think they got what they deserved. I think anyone who doubts that they cheated is kind of covering their ears and putting their head in the sand. But I think it'll be cool. We'll get to see Garoppolo kind of evolve since last time we saw him was that Chiefs game two years ago when they got blown out on Monday Night Football. So I'm kind of excited for it. Mead? Yeah, I'm not on the uh, – I don't really pay attention to it too much because it's really frustrating to try and follow Deflategate. It's hard not to pay attention to it with all the coverage. That's true. That is true. But uh, from what I understand, like, my personal opinion is that Tom Brady is guilty. But it seems unfair the way that he's being treated by the NFL. It seems like Roger Goodell is more guilty of, you know – being a nuisance to the NFL than he thinks. What does he say? He says he's protecting the integrity of the game. Protecting the shield. Protect. Yeah, it's right, right, right. Protecting the shield. I'm not sure exactly which side I'm on. I think I'm anti both sides because, and I'm also on the anti side of the media because I have to listen to these guys talk about it all the time, which is annoying too. But uh, what do you think, Austin? So I'll say the same thing I said when the circuit courts uh, approved Tom Brady's appeal. If a court says you're guilty or if a court says you're not guilty, then that's probably right. They don't have – judges aren't Patriots fans. They just, like, look at the evidence and make a decision. Um, so I don't think this is going to go away anytime soon, but for now you have to just assume that Tom Brady is guilty and what he did in the Patriots as an organization. Um, if I had to guess, there's 0% chance that he – serves a four-game suspension. It's likely he'll either get it on hold by making another appeal or the NFL will reduce the suspension to two games or three or one. Who knows? Okay, so let's take it now. After we had the obligatory deflategate message, let's get on to the NFL draft. Uh, so the Rams traded with the Tennessee Titans – for the first overall pick, they gave up this year's first rounder, two second rounders, their third rounder, and next year's first and third rounder. The Rams traded up uh, for a quarterback, obviously, 
Uh, WallStreetFootball.com says that is 99.9% likely that Jared Goff, uh, the quarterback at a Cal, will be the number one pick. Uh, Jared Goff, he isn't being compared to Andrew Luck. He isn't a once-in-a-generational prospect. But uh, there's a lot of pool for him to be the number one quarterback in this class. Or at least that's what big media is trying to tell us. Uh, the other choice it could be is North Dakota State quarterback Carson Wentz, uh, who has been compared to Andrew Luck, but the difference between that comparison is that North Dakota State is an FCS school, which is NC or AA ball or AAA ball. Uh, so you don't really know how he's going to be able to adjust to a pro scheme. If you're the Ram- if you're the Rams, Albert, who do you want at number one overall, Golf or Wentz? Personally, the Rams. I think I think yeah, they traded up, up so they could so put they him could. back on the season ticket list. That's not Case Keenum. They just moved to New City. They relocated him. But um, I personally actually I like Carson Wentz a little better for the pick. I think Jeff Fisher had success with Steve McNair back in the day. And Carson Wentz is a uh, you know similar big bodied quarterback who can run, take hits, and yeah, and I think Goff actually works well with the second pick too with Doug Peterson. He's kind of like an Alex Smith, so I think that's kind of the best schematic fit for the two. But like you said, it's ninety nine percent sure that they'll take Goff, who's a little more polished. Uh, the thing about Wentz is that no one really knows how he'll play. Uh, he looked fast on the field, but he was playing teams that would get crushed by you know, LSU or Alabama or any SEC team or any Division One team, more likely. Uh, Carson Wentz was on North Dakota State, who's won the uh, FCS championship, like, every freaking year. Uh, his team is so talented. There's a lot of guys on North Dakota State that are going to be drafted high, going to be drafted early. Uh, meanwhile, Cal, uh, Jared Goff out of Cal, he's got question marks, too. He, he played in a spread-style offense similar to Marcus Mariota. Not the off, not that the offense was similar to Oregon's offense, but a lot of the passes were uh, quick slants. They were wide open. Uh, I read the other day that cow receivers only run about four different routes. Uh, so there's big question marks on both teams. If I was the Rams, I think I would definitely pick Golf. Seems like the much safer choice with a little bit lower ceiling than Wentz, uh, who, if he can play in the NFL the way he played at college, Coming from a pro-style scheme and everything, he could be a really good player. Um, me, do you know anything about these top two guys? Uh, dude, I think uh, – I don't know much about either of the prospects, but what I do know is that uh, whoever they pick, even if it's the better guy at number one, it'll end up being the wrong decision in the grand scheme of things. From history, from what I've seen from history and from what basic logic will tell me, trading that many picks and that many prospects for the chance at one good prospect doesn't seem the right decision to me. And that's what a lot of people are saying. But Because uh, let's look at it. How good are these? could these guys be? Are they actually Andrew Luck level uh, prospects? And even that or, being said, Andrew Luck was known as a sure thing and one of the best quarterbacks to ever come out of college. And he's not that good in the NFL. Uh, the draft's really a crapshoot. Yeah, Jeff's it, truly a crapshoot. It is. Uh, the problem with trading away the picks, it can be seen as a good thing or a bad thing. And we're going to group in Philadelphia with us, too. Philadelphia Eagles traded from 13. Uh, they essentially traded from the 13th pick to the first overall pick. Uh, they swapped for the 8th pick with the Dolphins by trading them Byron Maxwell. 
But uh, that was all in part to move up. So, but when you really think about it, the, the, when you compare this to the Redskins trading for RG3, trading all those picks to the Rams for RG3, the Redskins got a damn good player. RG3's rookie year, they made the playoffs, right? Am I right? Uh, you're absolutely right. Electrifying rookie year. And I think I read the other day that only about one player that was selected out of those picks is still on the St. Louis Rams roster. And the Rams haven't made the playoffs since that trade either. So really, neither team won that trade. It does seem more likely that the team getting all the picks would make the better decision. But I'm of the thought process that you don't want to mortgage your entire future of drafting unless you're one quarterback away. And I don't. I think that the Rams are closer to being one quarterback away than the Eagles. But I don't think either team is Jared Goff or Carson Wentz away for from competing for a Super Bowl. It's possible. So I think the Rams have a defense that can win games for them. And they do have a lot of offensive talent. Personally, I think, going back to that, they suck at drafting. You know, they, Come on, who do they hit on with those picks? But um, I'm a Redskins fan, so they might be biased. But I think the big problem really is Jeff Fisher. I think Jeff Fisher will find a way to make a great team just look incompetent, offensively at least. And so if Goff or Wentz, whoever it is, can step in there and make a difference and kind of overcompensate for Jeff Fisher's ineptitude, then I think the Rams are a team to compete for. You know, they beat the Seahawks twice a year every year. But, uh, yeah. So um, the Rams have been bad at drafting when you think it at a high level, but this summer, this free agency period, they had a lot of players that were highly sought after. Uh, Doris Jenkins, Trumaine Johnson, Mark Barron, Rodney McLeod, they all got huge, huge deals or extensions. Uh, so they do have some pieces there. Uh, but you're right, the offense is a shit show. They're hoping, I think, that Todd Gurley can lead them to being a great team. They just need a quarterback to stop Todd Gurley from getting eight or nine-man fronts. Okay, so now that we've touched on the top two picks at quarterback, we're going to go. We're going to talk about a player similar to Todd Gurley coming off a horrific knee injury, but his, his linebacker, Miles Jack, out of UCLA. Now, Miles Jack is, is uh, a favorite of big media. Matt Miller of Bleacher Report has Miles Jack as his number one overall player. Uh, anywhere you look, he'll be in the top five, and if he's not in the top five, if he's out of the top ten, you're out of your mind. Um, Miles Jack has been compared to one of the best uh, linebackers coming out of Vaughn Miller, who not for his pass rush, but just for his fluidity and his speed. He can be a great linebacker. He can be Derek Brooks. He can be a better Levante David. Um, he's expected to go high, but because Todd Gurley suffered a worse knee injury last year and was still selected in the top ten. Now, I'm not saying that his Miles Jack's injury is going to keep him out of the top 10, but I think there's a good chance that it does, not because of his injury, but because linebackers generally aren't high picks. They don't make enough of an impact to make a difference. If you were the GM of a team in the top five, would you consider taking a linebacker uh, with with your top pick rather than a player who's involved on every play like a D lineman or an O lineman or any other position? Yeah, I th- I'll tell you why. I Go ahead, Mead. I'll tell you why I, I would not. He has two first names, and you can't first names. They're untrustworthy. 
Now, I've heard that argument before, but there are a lot of really good athletes with two first names. Tom Brady. Albert Mathias. Chris Paul. Um, so I have heard that argument before, uh, but I don't think it's really valid here. Albert, what do you think about Miles Jack? I think they say he's talented, but and they could say the injury stuff is a smokescreen, but a lot of things I read say – the difference between him and Todd Gurley is the way that he's recovering from the injury, and it's not very good. They say that his knee is starting to separate from his cartilage already, and he's not recovering fast at all. And just me personally, if I have a high pick like that, I want a sure thing, you know? Unless I might have the room on a roster that I can just spend it on a guy who might blow his knee out in two years, I'm going to stay away from Miles Jack. Miles Jack, his injury, well, it's uh, pretty close to the injury that Todd Gurley had. Uh, during that awful tackle when he was playing for Georgia, his injury has been compared more to Jadavian Clowney. Uh, and Clowney's been in, like, semi-healthy and be able to look good, but he just keeps doing surgery and he can't get on the field. Um, so I think they're very similar players, generational talents that are going to be weighed down by injury. I think a lot of teams learned from the Texans picking Jadavian Clowney a couple years ago. Uh, they're going to stay away from injured players like that. Uh, it would not surprise me if he fell out of the top, the top of the first round. Uh, if he went after pick 16, it would not surprise me in the least. But that being said, Miles Jack is a generational talent linebacker, and if your team gets him, you're getting a heck of a player, uh, assuming he can stay healthy. Um, yeah. Good. They say he's a true sideline to sideline linebacker, which is hard to find. Um, he also People forget that Miles Jack played running back in college also. Uh, he lined up snaps at running back, wide receiver. He played safety. He played cornerback. He played linebacker. He played every position. He's just a football guy. Yeah, kind of like um, Shaq Thompson from Washington last year. He was one of my favorite prospects. And, you know, he's been able to uh, – he found a role outside linebacker for the Panthers. You know, they went to the Super Bowl this year. He was a big contributor late. Um, you know, the ability to move in space like that and cover fast running backs and tight ends out of the backfield. Fast tight ends is the most important. Exactly, especially with the way the game's evolving. I think that if you look at the Giants' drafting history, they're terrified of drafting linebackers. They will never fucking draft linebackers. I don't know if I can say fuck in your podcast. But yeah, fuck it. All right, fuck it, cool. <laughs> fuck it. But, um, so the, he's been linked to the Giants at pick 10, but it was just recently leaked yesterday that the Giants will not pick him at pick 10. But. Um, so we've got the first two picks. Uh, Miles Jack, considered by many to be a top player, we don't. It seems like as a group, we don't think he's going to go top five at least. Um, almost all of media and draft Twitter's favorite player, Jalen Ramsey, cornerback slash safety out of Florida State. Uh, he's another one of those players that does come around too often. Um, I have him as my number one overall player. I don't. I think it was a stretch that Jalen Ramsey was ever going to go number one. Uh, just because there's no chance that Tennessee st or Tennessee State is the number one pick. That being said, Dan Ramsey is a guy I think that can come in and be a playmaker at safety. Uh, I have him on VerschelSports.com compared to Earl Thomas. Uh, he's fast. He's rangy. He makes great plays on the ball. He's not totally great in run support, and sometimes bigger receivers will eat him up getting jammed up on the line. But... Uh, that being said, most cornerbacks don't play good run coverage. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who picks them. The char <coughs> excuse me, the Chargers at number three 
let Eric Weddle walk in free agency this year. They have a huge gaping hole at safety, but they're picking number three overall. They have huge gaping holes at a lot of positions, uh, most notably offensive line. If I had to put money on it, I would think that they draft the left tackle first. Um, Ramsey won't fall far, but Albert, who would you rather have number three for the Chargers? The number one offensive tackle in this class, Laramie Tunsil out of Old Miss, or number one overall player, Jalen Ramsey, cornerback slash safety out of Florida State? I think if they miss out on Ramsey, then that's terrible for them. He will absolutely go number four, or another team will trade up and take him before. He's the best player. He's my highest-ranked player since Khalil Mack. And I think, I honestly believe, going on record saying this, he's going to be the best D-back since Charles Woodson. Ooh, bold predictions on the Rochelle Sports Podcast. Heard <laughs> so, here first. So I, I have a question for you guys. If, if um, In respect to, to Jalen Ramsey, if quarterback is the most important position in football, obviously by a lot, what, where is defensive back? Uh, is, it, is it one of the more important positions? That, two that or three kind of years? alludes to uh, the point I was going to make. If I was the Chargers, I think I would take Larry Tunsil left tackle because your offensive line impacts every play. Um, and that's really how you generate the order of importance of positions. You know, the quarterback gets the ball every play, uh, so that's really important. The O-line and the D-line are involved on every snap, uh, especially if you consider Jalen Ramsey a safety. Uh, safeties generally don't go that high of a pick. Cornerbacks uh, often go very high, which is why I think the team that takes him will convert him to a cornerback where I don't think he'll be as good as if they put him in safety. Uh, so, to your point, I think it's more important to have a left tackle. If I was running the Chargers, I would consider taking my number one quarterback, Paxton Lynch, at number three overall. Phil Rivers has one year left on his deal, and he is old. He's Eli Manning's age. Uh, I think he's a year older. Uh, he's not going to be around forever, and it's unlikely that the Chargers will be drafting that high again to pick a quarterback. Uh, so, Reed, I agree with your point that I don't think a cornerback or a safety is enough to fill the hole that the Chargers have or are going to have in the foreseeable future. Do you think that, that um, so we saw what happened with Sam Bradford when the Eagles traded up to the number two pick, where Sam Bradford has now requested a trade, uh, whether you think that he rightfully should have or not. Uh, if the Chargers were to take, even if Pac- Paxton Lynch, you think, is the best quarterback there, and you laid out all those reasons for it. If they took Paxton Lynch there, do you think that would put pressure on Phillip Rivers and then force him out? Whereas if they don't take a guy, then maybe you could still re-sign Rivers. Even though he's old, he's still a quarterback. You know, you still want a quarterback of his level. Phillip Rivers is going to re-sign with the Chargers anyways. I mean, they're a lot, a lot, a lot of players away from competing. They're easily the worst team in their division. The Raiders are looking really good. The Chiefs are looking really good. And the Broncos just won the Super Bowl last year. Um, yeah, no- yeah, you're right. So that is a tough division. Go ahead. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, there was huge rumors that Philip actually wanted out of San Diego. Uh, I don't think this past free agency, but two ago. And apparently he's unhappy, and he wants to move to a contender. And why and I, think, I think if you take past the months, Philip Rivers is going to get butt hurt. Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre style. They said Brett Favre wouldn't look Aaron Rodgers in the eye, and he refused to coach him and said, it's not my job. And then, you know, he left and told the Jets off their offensive hand signals. I think that taking Paxton Lynch at three is interesting. I haven't seen that on any mock drafts. Not that that matters. But 
I think that's a strange move and it will force Philip Rivers out of San Diego. But I don't um, see. You saw last year with the Broncos with Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler. It seems like these older guys don't want to help these younger guys. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I think Cowboys have just as good a reason to draft Paxton Lynch number four that the Chargers do at number three. Uh, Tony Romo is a good quarterback, I think, but the char- the Cowboys lost Romo last year if the- and were not able to make the playoffs in the piss-poor division that led to the Redskins winning it. Just speak <laughs> how bad it was. Um, if, the char- if the Cowboys had a competent backup quarterback, they would have won the division last year, for sure. Um they were one player away from – they were one game out for, like, three weeks or something like that. All they needed was one win. Uh, I think the chances – and me and Tommy Burns have a bet on this going. Quarterback is the most position, most important position on a team, and there's such bad quarterback play that I don't think Paxton Lynch gets out of the top five. So you really don't – that's incredible. But you, you do make a good point with Romo – uh, he has all these injury problems, and he's he's really old too, right? Isn't he really old? Yeah, I believe he's older than Phil Rivers. He's thirty-six. What other uh, after after those three guys that we've mentioned at quarterback? Are there any other guys that uh, could be a potential first-round pick? A couple guys that can sneak into the back end of the first round: Connor Cook out of Michigan State and Christian Hackenberg out of uh, uh, Penn State. Uh, you could even go Cardale Jones, but all of those would be total reaches in the first round. Uh, that being said, we saw the Bills reach at pick 16 a f- three years ago to pick uh, E.J. Manuel, quarterback out of Florida State, um, and that was a big reach too. But that speaks to the fact that how important quarterbacks are. If there's a guy that you think is going to be your guy, you need to get him because franchise quarterbacks don't come along that often. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I just saw a big article on ESPN about how the Browns passed on Ben Roethlisberger, and the article pretty much laid out how that sort of, you know, snowballed into the destruction that their franchise still is to this point. So yeah, you're right. You need to value those guys way higher than you do at any other position. So I, I can see that. I can see three quarterbacks going in the top five. I can see. I it. think there's too many talented players. I think DeForest Buckner is being really, really, really underrated. I think he's Muhammad Wilkerson off the bat day one. And I think Jalen Ramsey, like I said, is phenomenal D talent. I think people are sleeping on Joey Bosa. And I don't really know how good Tunsil is, but I compare him to Tyron Smith. That's my pro comparison. So and I think good. I think when you have surefire guys like that who I so I like the term blue chip talents. A blue chip is someone who's gonna be top five in their position. I think Laramie Tunsil, blue chip, eventually. I think Joey Bosa could be blue chip. I think the Forest Buckner's absolutely blue chip, and same with Jalen. I think Paxton Lynch, it's too you're pulling too many straws. It's too many things have to go right for him to really turn into the Joe Flacco that people think he could be. So, um, just to, you know, we're talking about their, where they're being drafted. Um, I'm speaking of the importance of the quarterbacks being picked. And for positional value, like you're saying, I'll take uh, Joey Bosa. Um, more than likely, he's not going to fit in a 3-4 defense. Um, Chance. He, the Cowboys run a 4-3. The Ravens are switching to a 4-3. And outside of that, most of the teams in the top 10 are 3-4 teams. Um, I can, quarterbacks don't have positional value or scheme value. I mean, sure, you're not going to get Peyton Manning to run in Chip Kelly's offense or anything like that. But 
a quarterback is a quarterback, whereas a defensive end is not always a defensive end. If you look at DeForest Buckner out of Oregon, who Albert's talking about, uh, he is a huge man of size, 6'7", 300-plus pound defensive end. He's a perfect fit in a 3-4 system, whereas Joey Bosa is, um, is listed a little over 270, but I doubt that very much. Uh, he's a little undersized to play. He's a, he's a tweener. Uh, I think that will cause him to drop a little bit. I agree that Buckner will be a good player, and I can see the Chargers picking Buckner at three. But I think Buckner and Tunsil, the left tackle who Albert mentioned, thanks to the blue-chip player, uh, both of those players would be a better pick at three than Jalen Ramsey. Although Ramsey is uh, probably the most talented player in the class, he's just not going to make as much of an impact as you're looking for uh, out of a top three pick. Yeah, so uh, let's move on to another blue chip prospect that almost every draft nick can agree on. Ezekiel Elliott, the belly shirt out of Ohio State. Uh, he's a running back. Uh, y'all, The listeners will remember he's the number 15 who tucks the bottom of his shirt up into the bottom of his uh, shoulder pads and exposes his abdomen. Very uh, hot. Very hot. Uh, he's ripped, so he's a good-looking guy, too. It's not like Eddie Lacy going out there with a belly shirt. He's ripped now, too, though. I saw Eddie Lacy is no longer fat, but that will not affect my fantasy team name. Um, <laughs> Elliot has – now, this is going to sound strange, but Elliot's been regarded as the best running back prospect to come out since Todd Gurley. Uh, Todd Gurley was only a year ago, and that just means he's the best running back since last year. Uh, but Ezekiel Elliott is a true blue-chip talent. I have him compared to Jamal Charles, uh, who does everything for the Chiefs. He's their entire team, their entire offense. Uh, I think Elliott can make a, a similar impact. I do not think that the Cowboys take him at number four, even with all his uh, all their need of running back. I just don't think that you can justify taking a running back with a top five pick. I do not think that Elliott will get out of the top ten, though. Uh, there are a bunch of teams that could take him. There's a 0% chance, in my opinion, that he falls past Cleveland at number eight. Um uh, Cleveland has holes everywhere, and it's likely that Elliott's the last blue chip blue chip player left on the board with, at eight when the Browns pick. See, yeah. Go ahead. So uh, with with Elliott there, like I feel like it's the um, a recency bias with what Gurley did last year, where Gurley had this huge year and it was a really big deal, and everyone wanted him on their fantasy team, and he was obviously really talented and all that stuff. Uh, and Elliott is clearly really good too. Deserves to be a uh, a high pick. But if you we were talking about uh, position importance, and I feel like running back, it's at least in the draft, is the last one because those guys just have such short careers. And uh, more than that, uh, you can Todd Gurley. You can find good running backs in later rounds. You know, right, that, Todd Gurley in round six by any means, but. You can get a player like the Lions had Joyce Mel. You can get Alfred Morris, undrafted players like that. Um, right, and you don't have to, you don't have to pay him as much. And then uh, with Todd Gurley, he had this enormous year, and we're still looking at the Rams and saying the Rams got to trade up and get a quarterback because they're not good enough yet. Sure. Look you at know? where look at where the Rams uh, ended up. They ended up in the top fifteen or the bottom fifteen in the NFL. Um, Todd Gurley didn't make too much of a draft impact there. I think they dropped. 
five spots from last year's draft by picking a running back that everyone said was a generational talent. Um, didn't affect their win-loss total any, in my opinion. I think they would have been way worse without him, but I don't think – I think their talent level would be way worse, but I don't think their standing in the NFL would be significantly worse if it wasn't for Todd Gurley. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. And that's why, to me, my personal opinion is of uh, the party which thinks running backs should not even be taken in the first round. Uh, but I can see where every once in a while you have really huge guys, really huge names, really huge talents that can slip in. But top ten is just crazy to me. That's crazy. Albert, thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott? Love him. I think you're underrating him by comparing him to Gurley. I think he's the best since Adrian Peterson. Gurley is one of the best quarterbacks coming out of college. Cor- uh, running backs. He might I, have been I love Gurley. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Adrian Peterson. I'm a Todd Gurley enthusiast, but I think Ezekiel Elliott is easier compared to Adrian Peterson in the sense he can do it all, really. Let's say he's such a good pass blocker, pass catcher. You know, he can truck, run between the tackles, run outside. And I think, um, you know, the argument you made that running back should be taking first round, I understand because, like, you can get an undrafted guy like Arian Foster come in and lead the league in rushing. But that being said, I think we're not even that far removed from a guy like Reggie Bush being considered the number one overall pick. My opinion, I think fucking Ezekiel Elliott had a way better college career than Reggie Bush. He got fucking sat in the championship game against Texas. Well, no, I think Reggie Bush had a better college career than almost any college running back. But his NFL prospects were not always – should not have been as high. And the NFL has learned from the Reggie Bush experiment that players like that don't work. It's not just Reggie Bush. I mean, every year, you know, like Herschel Walker, Eric Dickerson, all those players were the number one overall pick. But I think you see the league kind of evolving more to a passing league and running back gets devalued. But I think at a player like Ezekiel Elliott – you take him in the top ten. If I was – really, any team in the top ten should take him. Where do you see Ezekiel Elliott going, Albert? I think he linked him to the Browns. I think Coach Hugh Jackson, recently the uh, offensive coordinator for the Bengals, um, the Browns already have a good running back on the roster, Duke Johnson Jr. I think with Duke Johnson Jr. and Ezekiel Elliott, you have the perfect thunder combo lightning that Hugh Jackson was able to do with uh, Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill last year. You know, just take those plays right out of his old playbook. And I don't think that if the Browns don't take him, someone will trade up for him. I've heard the Dolphins are in love with Ezekiel Elliott and are looking to trade up for him if he's there. So Ezekiel Elliott won't fall out of the top 13. It's been reported that the Saints love him. It's been wildly reported that the Bears love him. Uh, you're telling me the Dolphins love him. I've already heard that the Browns love him. Uh, he's a, he is a true blue chip player. I can see him being a top five running back in the NFL. But that being said, I can also see him being a bust. Uh, just the way that running backs go, uh, it's like every year that a running back is picked, they bust. He was he was uh, I have to admit though he was really good in straight out of Compton when he played Ice Cube. That was a really good performance by him. Who's this? Ezekiel Elliott. Didn't he play Ice Cube in straight out of Compton? Did he? No, that's, that's O'Shea Jackson Jr. <laughs> All right, well look at pictures of them side by side. And tell, me that, tell me that Ezekiel Elliott is did not play Ice Cube in straight out of Compton. Ezekiel Elliott is way hotter. Ezekiel Elliott is blue chip good looking. (laughs) (laughs) And that is all right. (laughs) No, I'm just I'm just kidding about that. But still there? Yeah. Need? Okay, Albert. We'll move on. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's currently frozen. Me and Albert will move on. Uh, one player I have in my top five that we didn't mention, Albert, uh, Sheldon Rankins, uh, defensive tackle out of Louisville. Uh, he looks like Indomitian Sue. He isn't getting his – it's such a deep defensive tackle class that he's not necessarily getting the love. Hey, welcome back, Mead. Yeah, I, I froze. So I'm sorry. Sheldon Rankins, uh, defensive tackle out of Louisville, my number four overall player. Not getting this – let me say this first. This NFL draft is maybe the deepest defensive tackle draft that we've had since I've been covering the draft. You can get a starting caliber player on day three, maybe day four. That being said, Sheldon Rankins could be the next Gerald McCoy, could be the next Indomitian Sue. I don't see him getting out of the top ten. And if he does, I hope my Lions come up and make a trade for him. Uh, I would rather have Sheldon Rankins on my team than DeForest Buckner. Uh, you remember Eric Armstead, who, like um, Eric Armstead, just like DeForest Buckner, is six seven defensive end out of Oregon. Uh, they're both base three four ends, uh, but you saw Eric Armstead last year go fourteen, I think, to the um, 49ers. Meanwhile, you have defensive tackles in every class that are going really high. I think it's very likely that we see Sheldon Rankins be a top ten pick. You know anything about Rankins, Albert? Yeah, I do. I think that's, his tape of the Senior Bowl is fucking phenomenal, dude. He, I feel like he hit the quarterback every three plays. And um, you know, I think that's an interesting speculation. I look at him as a mid-round gem. I actually have him uh, going to the Saints in most of my mock drafts at 14 just because with new D coordinator Dennis Allen, they're going to really need a guy in the middle of that 4-3 to play three-tech to uh, put pressure on the quarterback. But I think if the Lions were to pick him up, that would be awesome for them. I think you guys had, what, eight rotational D tackles last year? Um, defensive tackles on the roster. Um, the the Lions had there were four active defensive tackles on the Lions game day roster and one unactive. Um, I don't think defensive tackle is such a big need for the Lions, but we'll get to the. I got a fly buzzing around here. We'll get to the Lions <laughs> after we get to the next uh, few teams. Um, the Jaguars somehow picking a fifth overall. Looking at this team, they're super talented. They've got their quarterback. They've got a defense with a bunch of budding young stars. I have Jalen Ramsey falling to Jacksonville, which would be a perfect fit in my opinion. Um, but let's say hypothetically Jalen Ramsey uh, and Laramie Tunsil are both off the board for the Jaguars. Who do you think they pick up, Albert? Well, I think if you pair Miles Jack with Telvin Smith and Miles Jack's healthy, then you have the best sideline-to-sideline -side linebacker duo in the NFL. But as we discussed earlier, Miles Jack might not be worthy of a top ten pick just because of his uh, impending doom in his knee. And um, so I think, like you said, I think Jalen is an awesome scheme fit for the Jags. You know, he could come in and play the Earl Thomas role. Well, I guess Tashawn Jepson's going to play that actually, since they just got him in free agency. So maybe he'll play corner. Who knows? But if I'm the Jags, like I said, if Ramsey's being taken a top, you don't take a safety with a top ten pick. Uh, if a team drafts Ramsey in the top ten, they're playing him at corner. Yeah. Um, Maybe take Bosa. Honestly, I think if you are. I've seen Bosa in a few drafts to pair Bosa with last year's first-round pick, Dante Fowler. Um, I think if Jalen Ramsey and Joey Bosa are both off the clock, although Jalen Ramsey and Larry Tunsil are both off the board, you go Joey Bosa. And if you don't go Joey Bosa, you go Ronnie Stanley, 
who's the left tackle out of uh, Notre Dame, uh, at a position of the Jacksonville's probably biggest weakness, left tackle. Uh, and like we said earlier, positional importance, the left tackle is going to affect every play on offense. I can see the Jaguars trading that pick, actually. The problem with trading a pick is you have to find someone to trade up. Right. Um, it's an easy phone call. I say, hey, Austin, you like anyone here at five? And then we go from there. But I agree. But you Can we go dive off for a second? You, you like Ronnie Stanley? I do like Ronnie Stanley. I think he's a major pussy. Huge Whoa. Pussy. Whoa. Chill. <laughs> Fuck, I'm calling you out, Ronnie Stanley. Come find me. Why do you say that? Um, I just don't like his fucking tape, man. I think he sucks. I think he's weak as shit. In my opinion, Ronnie Stanley could be the number one left tackle in almost any class. He's a top ten player for me. He's wow. going to be really good. He's a top ten player on almost every big media, big board, draft Nick, big board. Um, I don't quite get the hate for Ronnie Stanley. But uh, that being said, there are about four or five tackles in this draft that you could take, and if any of them turned out to be the better one, I wouldn't be surprised. I would take Jack Conklin over Ronnie Stanley if they're both on the board every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Well, Albert, I would like to see your big board someday. I think it would be very interesting. You can link to it on your website. You have to make one first. I have a big board and a mock draft. Well, I look forward to seeing it someday. Um, you want to so, know who's number one on my big board? Who is Albert? Or me? I have I have Carl Joseph as my number one player on my big board. Now he's Carl, be... Carl Joseph, safety out of uh, West Virginia University. Uh, he was being slept on at the beginning of the draft process. Uh, he's getting a lot of first round love right now. Uh, shouts to the Mountaineers. Shouts Shout to out. the boys in Morgantown. Uh, All right, Carl Joe. Carl Joe, my boy. Shouts to the rusted musket. You guys make sweet sandwiches. Um, <laughs> Paul Joseph is a player that's a little uh, deeper down the board than I would like to get to. Uh, he can play either safety spot. I can see him falling to your Pittsburgh Steelers, Mead. I bet you'd really like that. Yeah, I would love to see that. I would love that. I would love that. We need a D-back. We choose two main linebackers. Sure. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, moving a little bit back up the board, if you consider Ramsey a safety, which I do... I have the number one cornerback, uh, number one cornerback to be Mackenzie Alexander out of Clemson. My number nine, my number six overall player. I have him going number twelve to the Saints. Uh, he's followed really closely by William Jackson the third, a cornerback out of Houston, who's going fifteenth overall. Um, they could both turn out to be number one corners in the NFL, and I wouldn't bat an eye. Uh, this draft at the top has a lot of really good cornerback talent. Uh, me, or Albert, how are your cornerback rankings looking? Um, personally, after Ramsey, I have question marks on all of them. I think Mackenzie yes, Alexander is a good player. Yes, you got to look at the fact he's never intercepted a pass before. Albert, yeah. you got to say that again. We didn't, you cut out. Oh, uh, cool. How's your so, cornerback board looking? So after Ramsey, I don't have a ton of exact love for any of them. I think Vernon Hargraves is a guy that – I'm trying to find a reason to like Hargraves. He's a coach's son. Say he's got great tape. Um, I Personally, tape, I watched him. If you watch the Citrus Bowl against Michigan, I'm a Maryland fan, so i got to keep an eye on my Big Ten rivals. I think he got shit on all game, and I would not take him in the first round. I think Mackenzie Alexander's never intercepted a pass. 
And I think William Jackson is talented, but it's hard to say. So you don't like any corner in this draft? Um, well, they say that Vernon Hargrave is going to be really good, but I just, you know, I, they said Justin Gilbert was going to be really good. And I didn't believe it myself, but I just bought into the hype, and I'll never do that again. I don't like Hargraves. I have Vernon Hargraves as my number four cornerback at number 30 overall. Um, Mackenzie Alexander is the cornerback out of Clemson who Albert said didn't have any interceptions. But similar to Namdi Asamoah in Oakland, he no teams just didn't throw him the ball. Uh, he didn't have a lot of passes defense or anything. He was a true shutdown corner, and I think he'll have success shutting down teams in the NFL. I think William Jackson, he is a good player, but he's mostly a big body that you can teach to play good corner. I think he's a cute couple years away. Um, either of those guys I could see falling, no, including Hargraves, falling no farther than the Steelers, who desperately need a cornerback. I think Hargraves doesn't lead the top ten. Hargraves doesn't lead the top ten? I think there's zero percent chance Hargraves lead the top ten. So which team in the top ten do you think is going to pick Hargraves, Albert? I think the Bucks will at nine. The Bucks at nine? So yeah. you have Hargraves as your number two corner. Or I have a going number two. Going as your second top corner. Yes. Yeah. In my in terms of the draft, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, I think that there will be if I consider three quarterbacks going in the top ten, I think a blue chip player will fall to the Buccaneers. Right now, I have them selecting Miles Jack. Um, so let's move on to the next position. I want to talk about the edge rusher position. Uh, not a great edge class, uh, led, of course, by Joey Bosa out of Ohio State. Uh, Joey Bosa is hes a really good player, and he's probably going to be a very good pro. But I think there's also a chance that he's not. If you look at players like Bjorn Werner out of Florida State a couple years ago, uh, built similarly and kind of just fizzled out of the NFL. Uh, Werner was recently released by the Colts, hasn't caught on with the team since. Uh, that being said, I think Bosa will be very good. I'm positive Bosa will go top ten. After Bosa, I have Emmanuel Ogba, who's a 4-3 defensive end uh, out of Oklahoma State as my number two edge player, followed by um, Shaq Lawson out of Clemson, and then I have Noah Spence who was an edge rusher for Ohio State but got kicked off and played at Eastern Kentucky for his last year. Uh, after Joey Bosa, the edge rushers are not that good. Uh, I think in a lot of classes they probably wouldn't be first-round guys. I think Ogba is a first-round guy. Well, Bosa is a top-ten guy. I think Ogba and Lawson are first-round guys. And I think Spence has first-round talent, but he is – a, he has character problems. He's a major red flag off the field. Uh, he got kicked out of Ohio State, for Christ's sake, uh, and they let anybody do anything out there. <laughs> I, th I think, I think that, uh, I think Bosa should be a top five pick. I think the edge position in football, to me at least, I don't, I don't know as much as you guys. It seems like an extremely important position. If you can give the quarterback, the other team's offense, less time to throw the ball. Like, that's, that affects everybody. It affects the quarterback and the line. Sure, look how the Broncos utilize their pass rush to beat all of the Panthers' plays. I have 
uh, Joey Bosa going fourth overall to the Dallas Cowboys. So I agree with you, me. The Cowboys, they had a first-round defensive end and a second-round defensive end who are both suspended for four games uh, at the start of this coming season. Um, I think they have to bite the bullet and add a third pass rusher uh, who will be their best pass rusher, similar to how the Broncos uh, drafted a pass rusher in the draft last year. His name escapes me, but uh, anyway. Shane Ray uh, to pair up with Vaughn Miller and DeMarcus Ware. Uh, edge rushers are really important. Maybe the most important position on the defensive side in terms of impact. Um, Shaq Lawson is out of Clemson. He's 6'2", 280. Um, right now I have him mock 16 to the Lions. I could easily see him going earlier than that. I could also easily see him falling out of the first round entirely. Uh, there's not a huge gap between numbers 3 through 7 on my big board. Uh, they're all more or less the same player. They're going to be a little above average rotational pass rushers. I think he's sleeping on Noah Spence. Tell me what you think, Albert. I think Noah Spence has the potential to be better than Joey Bosa. I think um, Joey Bosa could play 3-4 and 2, by the way. I remember saying that earlier. He, could, he slipped inside to play interior D-line a lot at Ohio State. And... He was arguably more, yeah, he was arguably more effective on the interior of the D line than the exterior. There's no way that he'd be put at three four end. If anything, he'd be with three four outside linebacker. Mm, I don't know. I'm just based on seeing how Ohio State used him last year and how successful he was in different positions on the line. But I think I that was defensive is uh, twitchy, you know, like they like to say. I think he's very very athletic. If Who? he can overcome his, huh? Who? Noah Spence, edge rusher from Eastern Kentucky. Okay. Who, uh, he got kicked out of Ohio State for using ecstasy every weekend. So if he can overcome that, then I think he's going to be a good player. There's been a big emphasis in recent drafts about not drafting players with character concerns. Uh, I don't think Spence – I think there's a good chance Spence falls out of the first round completely. Um, he is – you can't deny that he's a good edge rusher, but with, just like a lot of players, his talent might not be worth the risk. Uh, that brings us to our maybe the biggest red flag of this draft. Uh, Robert Incondici, uh out of Ole Miss. He's a defensive tackle. Uh, he played defensive end in college for a while. He was long time considered to be a top five pick. But after several, uh, let's say, questionable decisions, he could literally be drafted in round one or round seven. Uh, he has the talent easily to be a first-round pick. Uh, could play anywhere on the D-line in any scheme. But that being said, he has a history of screwing it up, uh, which teams will likely shy away from in the NFL draft. Now, I know Albert loves Incomdici, so I'll let him talk about him a little. Yeah, he's my number one prospect, just in terms of talent and athleticism. I thought you said Ramsey was your number one prospect. <laughs> I think Ramsey's the safest, but... If I'm talking in terms of talent athleticism, I think Kimbichi is the most talented player in the draft. He's extremely explosive. But so his teammates, quotes they've used to describe him are strange, strange, and buyer beware. And that kind of weirds me out. Um, and he does have a weird personality. You ever see his touchdown dance, like the Kami Kamiya thing? It's like kind of weird for um, that kind of person to be into that. But I don't know. I, character concerns are iffy for me. I remember last year, I'm a Redskins fan, and the Redskins picked Preston Smith in the second round over Randy Gregory, 
And I was actually butthurt about it because I was like, oh, why'd you pass on such a good fucking player? But I kind of learned through the draft, you know, Randy Gregory sucks. He's out because of his character concerns. And Preston Smith was a solid guy. And so I don't know if I rank guys with high character too highly, but I think Kibichi's going to be a phenomenal three-tech. Or... I'm very interested to see your big board, Albert, with two number one overall players and he <laughs> also at number one. I have not seen anywhere else with him that high. I had him at 16 overall, and I thought I was high on him. Um, I don't – you can't see how you put him over Ramsey. I can't see how you put him over the two top left tackles, the Force Buckner, Miles um, Jack, players like that. But who knows? The thing with Ankem Dichie was he was always in position to make a play in college, and he's so fast and so strong, but he's just such a loser, and he doesn't know – he's just dumb in the head. and makes a lot of mistakes. Uh, but – all that being said, the draft is a total crapshoot, and who knows? He could go top five, and we would have to give props to Albert. Uh, move on from uh, defensive tackle to talk a little bit about the O-line. There's one guy I want to talk about that we haven't mentioned yet. Ryan Kelly is a center out of Alabama. Uh, my number 12 overall player, I would love if my team drafted him in the first round, I think you can make an argument for drafting him anywhere in the first round. If you took him in the top 15 or the top 16, if you want to include the Lions, I would tell you it was a damn good pick, and he'll solidify that position for eight or nine or ten years, uh, playing at a Pro Bowl level. Uh, very similar to Travis, Fet Travis Frederick, who was drafted 26 by the Cowboys. I think he'll come in right away and make a big impact. Yeah, I agree. I want the Redskins to take him at 21. Put him right next to Sheriff, and I think that'll shore it up. But um, center's sort of weirdly devalued. I don't know why. It's the most important position on the offensive line. You have to be smart. You call the protection for the quarterback, and it kind of sets the tone physically. You know, you need to. You you got to think how hard that is. You got to snap the ball and then block, as opposed to just blocking. So you really want a competent guy there. And I think, like you said, I think Ryan Kelly is super, super, super solid, and he'll be a Pro Bowl center for at least ten years. So nothing to talk about for the Steelers there because Steelers have pounds for you for me. So. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. The center, man. Mm -hmm. Actually, Pouncey's pretty injured all the time. Y'all could use another linebacker. But... Yeah, oh, yeah, linebacker, man, yeah. <laughs> I think you're good on linebackers. Okay, the last player I want to talk about who I have mocked to the Steelers, I believe. Actually, no, I have him going to the Falcons at 17. Uh, my 17th overall rated player as well, Hunter Henry. Uh, tight end out of Arkansas. He reminds me of Heath Miller, uh, recently retired, longtime Steelers tight end. Uh, Steelers signed Ladarius Green, so they probably won't be looking for him. But uh, you want a player like Jason Witten, you want a player like Heath Miller, you get Hunter Henry and you're set at that position for years. Yeah, Gronk, like, Gronk is a really cool player, but as someone who's watched Heath Miller play for so long, having a guy that can block that well at the tight end position has become extremely valuable for our running game. The past couple of years with Le'Veon, like, I can visibly notice that when Heath is in the game, then we're getting way better runs. But if, I don't know, some bum guy, Matt Spath or something like that is in, it doesn't feel like we're, we're as effective in the run game. So there's a lot of value in, in, in grabbing a tight end that can not only... Lions picked up Eric Ebron last year with their top 15 pick. Um, he's a great receiver but cannot block Albert. Now, speaking to Albert's pass rush moves, 
But Braun is a liability on running downs. He's nothing more than a distraction just taking up space. Uh, and you notice it. You can't put him on the field all three downs because he can't block. Yeah, Ebron is sort of a bus pick. Um, sorry about that, Austin. I don't think he was a bus pick. He had 800 yards last year. No, you're right. He's, I guess he's like the what they're trying to move towards, like a Julius Thomas, like Joker tight end. He's only but, been in the league for two years, too. you got to remember. Players usually show you what they're made of by the third year. If he sucks again next year, not that he sucked this past year, but if he's average again next year, then I'll see, think he was a plus. Yeah. What were you about to say, though, Albert? I forget. Um, how do you feel about Darren Lee, linebacker from Ohio State? Okay, yeah, we'll talk about uh, – let me just quickly go over my linebacker board for everyone who's listening. So okay. we talked about Miles Jack out of UCLA, linebacker. He's my 10th overall prospect. My first linebacker. Um, next on the list is Darren Lee out of Ohio State. This super fast guy. Uh, very similar to Miles Jack, you could say, except doesn't play with the same kind of pop. Uh, not as fast. Uh, followed by Reggie Ragland, who is an inside linebacker from Alabama. All three players should step in and start one day. Albert, why don't you talk about Darren Lee a little bit? I love Darren Lee. I think if I'm – I would like him over Miles Jack. Obviously, Miles Jack's more talented. But I think um, a lot of mocks have him going to the 17 of the Falcons, too. But I think um, Dan Quinn, former Seahawks D coordinator, is looking for a Bobby Wagner that he can you know, have. Dan Falcons head coach. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mention that. Dan Quinn, former D coordinator Seahawks, is now the Falcons head coach. I think Darren Lee is awesome. I think he's super fast, outside linebacker. He's good at covering. And like we talked about earlier, it's really important to have someone cover. And I love Ragland, too. Kind of a different player. He's more of a thumper, you know, first, second down, going to stop the run. But, you know, maybe blitz the A-gap. you say you had Darren Lee, you'd rather have Darren Lee than Miles Jack is on your big board? No. My big board, of course, you know, Miles Jack's higher just based on potential. But I think Darren Lee is safer. So you have Miles Jack over Darren Lee? Yes, but if I'm the Falcons at 17... You'd have Darren Lee than Miles Jack. Yeah, just because you never know what's going to happen with Jack's knee. Well, it sounds like then you'd have Darren Lee ahead of Miles Jack. In terms of talent, I think Miles Jack is more talented. But I think in terms of a safer pick, I think Darren Lee is the safer pick. Okay, well, that uh, about wraps up all the prospects I had to talk about today. Um, oh, can I? Can, the, one, the one position, we, we, I don't know, we didn't talk about this. This is something that I know something about. Uh, is the wide receiver position. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I totally forgot that. Yeah, let's go back and talk about the wide receivers really quick. Okay, uh, so I'm going to read through the big board so everyone knows who we're talking about really quick. Um, my the, no, the number one receiver on my board is Laquan Treadwell out of Ole Miss. Uh, he's very tall, kind of slow. Uh, his, if you look at him, he looks like Des Bryant, so if you can picture that in your mind. He's not going to play at the same level but they're the same size, and they both have the ability to win those jump balls. Uh, similar player, number two, Josh Doxson out of TCU. Uh, so Josh Doxson and Laquan Treadwell are both big, prototypical number one receivers, followed by uh, my number three and four receiver, Corey Coleman and William Fuller. Both are fast, shifty guys. Uh, they're more likely to play in auxiliary receiver position, like number two or in the slot. Uh, that being said... Coleman and Fuller are both just as close to talented as Treadwell and Doxson. They just do different things. 
so keep that in mind when we're talking about these players. So, uh, me, go ahead and talk about whoever you want to talk about. So, yeah, so I, as a West Virginia fan, I watch a decent elf, and uh, the, the TCU has been really, really good the past couple of years. And what's, what's the name of their quarterback? Oh, man. Trayvon Boykin. Trayvon Boykin, yeah. So, Boykin, I mean, people talk about Doxon a lot, but Boykin gets, gets got the bulk of the credit for their success on the offensive end. Uh, but to me, when I watch TCU maybe three or four times in the past couple years, uh, Doxon is the guy. Doxon made made uh, Boykin Boykin, and Doxon made TCU that, that offense the, one of the best in the nation. I think Doxon is the wide receiver to get this year. That's my opinion from what I've seen. Now, uh, because a lot of people have Doxon as the number one wide receiver over Treadwell, uh, but most mock draft most. Uh, Draft sites will have Treadwell or Doxon, number one. Uh, keep going, Meade. Yeah, so, uh, and I've seen a lot of Corey Coleman, and I've seen some Laquan Treadwell, uh, and they're not, uh, to me, they're not uh, Doxon level of talent or Doxon level of potential even. I just think that Doxon, he can do everything that wide receivers, that people value in wide receivers. So, uh, I, so I, Doxon... If I see Doxon go in the top ten, I think that's a good pick. I wouldn't even question it, even though that's something that is probably, you know, you don't see very often. But. It's been rumored that the Giants are looking to get a wide receiver with their first-round pick. Uh, they had a lot of interviews with Treadwell, Laquan Treadwell out of Ole Miss. Um, but if they picked Doxon instead, or if a team like the 49ers in the first round picked up Doxon or Treadwell, uh, I don't think anybody would bat an eye. They're both two prototypical number one wide receivers. Um, Albert, you want to talk about the wide receivers at all? Yeah, um, so you guys didn't even mention my number one ranked wide receiver. Uh, I like Michael Thomas out of Ohio State. He's number five on my board. Uh, number five wide receiver on my board, number 46 overall. Uh, just for context, Treadwell is 20, uh, and then my, my number four receiver, Fuller, is 40. So he's six spots behind William Fuller for me. Cool. Yeah, Will Fuller, um... I don't like his dropsies, you know. He's super fast. He's going to take the edge over the top, but he just doesn't catch the football well. And so if I'm going to take a receiver in the first round, I'm not going to take someone who can't catch. I love Raquan Treadwell. You saw what happened to his leg two years ago, and you saw how he bounced back this year. I definitely, um, if I'm a team, if I'm the Giants at 10, I'm not going to take anyone other than Treadwell. I think that would be more on foolish me. You sound very high on Josh Thomas. Thomas was the number one receiver. In terms of me, but I think different teams look at different things, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was taken before. But just me personally, I like Michael Thompson best. So what kind of player do you think Michael Thomas is? You had to compare him to somebody. Michael I think, Thomas I think was he's a number one receiver out of Ohio State. Uh, number two, Braxton Miller, who's my number six wide receiver. Uh, they were both really good, but they also played for Ohio State as they were running over everyone. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Albert. I think Michael Thomas is like a little bit shorter Julio Jones. I like the way he attacks the ball in the air. I think he's super athletic. I think he's fluid. I think he's a winner, good character guy, good guy in the locker room. I think he'll block his ass off for you too. But you you think he's better than uh, Treadwell or Doxon, who Mead and I were talking about? Me personally, yes. But I think other teams, if I'm talking mock draft context, will value Treadwell and possibly Doxon higher. Well, why do you think... Uh, I just haven't seen Thomas be the first one on the board. Um, I would be very surprised if he was the first wide receiver selected. 
But if there are people that think that Thomas is the most talented wide receiver, then I'm sure somebody would pick him before they pick Treadwell, you know. But I actually got that from um, Scott McLuhan, Redskins GM. I worship him. I think he's the best talented outlier of all time. And he's been quoted as saying Michael Thomas is his number one wide receiver. So I had to look into that. And after um, comparing tape, I have to agree with him. Well, that's interesting. Okay, well, we'll see how all this stuff plays out on the draft. Uh, no matter what you heard, no matter what you didn't hear, no matter what you think you know, it doesn't matter what you think you know from Fight Club. But um, <laughs> the, the draft is a crapshoot. Um, William Fuller could go first overall, and it would just be the NFL draft. Uh, no one's going to be able to predict. Nobody's mock draft is going to be right. Mine is. Uh, we hope – you don't have a mock draft, Albert. Yes, I do. Austin, do you remember uh, a couple years ago at your house I had 16 out of 32 picks, right? I, if you get – if you make a mock draft sometime, then you can get credit for getting points. But when you have these mental mock drafts, no one can believe you. All right, check out doggystylesport.com. I am checking out doggystylesport.com, and there's nothing on here. <laughs> article from a year ago. Right, click, on, click on the link. Doggystylesport.wix.com slash swag. Yeah, yes, that's, that's what we're working with right now. Click on the link of the Redskins blog. I'm sorry, I don't follow. You said click on the link. Yes. Okay. Examining how the Redskins can evolve into a top tier unit next year. No. Okay. I guess I didn't post it yet. Yeah, I have an in-depth mock draft. <laughs> oh, I look forward to reading it someday, Albert. <laughs> right, Nine p.m. Eastern time tonight. Watch out. If you release an article every year, then it's about time to release a new one. Uh, as always, for everyone listening, you guys can make your own mock drafts and put them on my site. I'll upload them for you. Um, you can also write sports blogs, write anything you want. If you want to write about your band, put it on there. If you want to write about bocce ball, put it on there. We don't really care. Um, but thanks for hanging out with us, and we hope you learned a little bit about the NFL draft. And whoever your team is, I hope they screw up in the draft so my team gets all the good players. Thanks, guys, for being on. Bye.